Welcome to Supplement the Faith Off the Cuff. I'm your host, Brennan Dooley, and with me is co-host Eddie Sutton. How you doing? Yo, yo. Doing a little off the cuff episode for this this Sunday. Um, sorry, this Friday. And this Sunday. This I just got my days mixed up, so in this off the cuff, we're going to talk about what Eddie and I are currently reading and studying in our personal studies, not uh, our Man of God series related because we study for that. But then we also have personal stuff that we're studying and reading into and stuff going on. So we just thought today would be a good opportunity to talk about those things with each other because we often like we just banter quite a bit, I think, on the things that we were reading and studying. It's kind of fun. So yeah. Yeah. I enjoy a good it. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, me personally, I've been going through the book of Revelation for a couple months, taking it pretty slow. Uh, but with Revelation, it kind of has spurred out of our whole like end times discussion that yeah. we had when we were going through Romans and we were studying the remnant of Israel. And when you study the remnant of Israel, you're kind of talking about the end times, right? So in that, then me and you, Eddie, we kind of studied started studying premillennialism. We studied amillennialism and postmillennialism. And in the book of Revelation, you have the millennium mentioned, right? And you have the 1,000-year reign, you have the seven-year tribulation, all of that's in Revelation. However, what really isn't mentioned in Revelation is the rapture and the resurrection, the bodily resurrection. Um, So I was kind of confused on when that whole thing was going to happen, the rapture and resurrection. So I started studying that um, and really... Uh, supplementing my faith by reading and listening to a lot of uh, passages and reading a lot of articles, but also then looking at scripture and seeing where in scriptures this stuff mentioned. So uh, a lot of Daniel um, about kind of the end times, like signs of the end times yeah. out of prophecies. Daniel. Yeah. yeah, the prophecies there. You have the, the kingdoms uh, rising and falling. And a lot of people believe right now we're in the kingdom of the, the four toes of that. I'm sorry, the 10 toes, 10 of that, um, statue that's prophesied in Daniel. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Um, so, and then a lot of people believe that the 10 toes, the 10 different kings and kingdoms is like the <laughs> European Union and the 10 countries there. And so that's a really interesting perspective on it. And that would mean we're very, very close to the rapture. Um, so that's is it. Is it First Thessalonians that talks about the rapture? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it describes it as like being caught up. Like yeah. the word rapture is to be caught up. And that's how Paul describes it is to be caught up with Christ when we are caught up in Christ with him. And so that's where we get the, the whole idea from the rapture. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've been studying recently. And it's been, been a lot of fun because I've just, I feel like that topic of the end times is just such a, I mean, there's a lot of different viewpoints on it. Obviously a lot of people can line up different ways, but for me personally, based on what I've seen in scripture and what I tend to agree with is more of a, a pre-millennial um, and a pre-millennial uh, view and even pre-trib pre-millennial. So pre-tribulation pre-millennial because I didn't know this, but in, actually in my study Bible, I'll show you this in revelation. They have kind of like a, a you know, context to everything mm-hmm. and they have a kind of a breakdown of the different uh, eschatological eschatological views and it's pretty interesting because you have classic premillennialism and so you kind of have the church age slash tribulation and the the rapture um that people that don't even know some people believe the rapture is going to happen like after the tribulation 
and and stuff like that like it's not really clearly defined but then you have pre-tribulation pre-millennialism which believes christ comes before the millennium and before the tribulation um and so you have the church age and then after the church age and the fullness of the gentiles comes in then the rapture happens believers are caught up with christ so the catching up of believers to be with christ for seven years and then christ comes down and that begins the millennium that's the above chart but it's it's interesting though that even within premillennialism there's different views on the tribulation and like how that's gonna all play out yeah so there's lots of lots of different views yeah yeah, yeah. so, so would, would you i mean how would you say that you're that this has like helped your faith as you study mm-hmm. the end time stuff. Cause there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that will shy away from studying revelation and will shy away from discussing these things. And yeah, um, I know for me personally, it has deepened my, my faith as yeah. I've looked into this stuff. So I'm, I'm curious, how has that impacted your faith? Yeah, it's kind of been the same thing. It's definitely kind of deepened my faith, but I feel like it's also given me more of a, more of an urgency to like pay attention to things going on around me rather than just kind of putting my hands up and saying like, Oh, it'll just happen when it happens. Right. But giving me more of a, excuse me, sorry. Giving me, I feel like it's giving me more of an awareness to like my family's spiritual life around me, my, yeah. like my wife and how, and how I'm engaging with her. Um, because it's giving me like, I don't want to take like the time that I have for granted either like before I die or before the rapture happens. Yeah. And so like, I'm not, I mean, nobody knows like the rapture could happen within our lifetimes. There's a lot of people who believe it will happen within yeah. our lifetimes. Yeah. And, and then if it doesn't praise be to God, like to live as Christ to die as gain. Mm-hmm. So it's just giving me this more of an urgency and awareness to like the times that we're living in yeah. rather than being like, ah, oh, it's just whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. I know for, for me studying Revula- revelation and the whole end times topic has it, it's actually about comfort mm. and i think originally that's kind of like what the book of revelation was uh was given by god to john to write in the first place is to comfort the church that's being yeah. persecuted um so i i just i think i think it's amazing that mm. um god has given us uh, yeah. a little bit of his of his plan yeah of what what's what's going to happen and go on and we have we have he gives us something to really look forward to that like look yeah like this this world is not going to last forever yeah you know he's like jesus is going to come back and wipe away every tear from our eye and we're gonna we're gonna live in perfect union with with, with christ um first thessalonians four seventeen. then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so we will always be with the lord and so there's some context to that in Thessalonians as well. Um, but that that's interesting that that's there. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So that's where we kind of get that. And you kind of see that, that, that theme through um, the New Testament. Paul doesn't just mention it once there, but you have the, the resurrection, the bodily resurrection. Like at that same time, most scholars believe like when we're caught up, the bodily resurrection will happen as well for those whom have fallen asleep so the, yeah. the if you don't if you believe in the and we've talked about the resurrection before too but if you believe in the bodily resurrection of christ 
then kind of like by factor, you also have to believe in the bodily resurrection of the believers mm-hmm. because that's been promised, right, by by Christ and, and through Scripture. And so to not believe in the bodily resurrection of the believers, then you're you're doubting also the bodily resurrection of Christ. Yeah. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating mm-hmm. and cool um, that, you know, we're— we're not just going to be some floating like spirit, you know, like, but we're going to have our bodies. Yeah. But they're going to be, be our new. They're going to be made new. Yeah. The new amazing. heavenly bodies. Yeah. Which, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I, I know that mm-hmm. I, my, my view of heaven growing up mm-hmm. was always the like, oh, we're just going to be floating in, in the yeah. sky yep. and singing all the time. And so, and that, that doesn't sound very appealing, mm-hmm. you know, on, honestly, like it, it, heaven was never something that like I, even really looked forward to or thought that it sounded really great. It doesn't sound fun. But when you actually read in scripture, yeah. uh, what is talked about of what, you know, life with Christ, you know, in the new heaven and new earth is going to look like, um, I'm very interested in that. heaven. Yeah. Um, there's going to be like, we're going to have real bodies yeah. that are, that are not broken though, that, but that are, uh, but that are new, right. Yeah. There's going to be like interaction uh, it's, it's, we're not just going to be singing Kumbaya, you know, the, the whole time. We're, It'll be the, the new heaven and the new earth, yeah. you know, like that, that will be like the eternal state as it's described. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be amazing. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that it would bode well for, for people to study and look at what, what scripture says about heaven. I think it'll make you desire that, that heaven a lot more because it's not like what the cartoons and what movies and stuff, uh, portray. It's yeah. uh, it's very different. It's good, man. Well, what have you been digging into and studying recently? Uh, so my my roommate and uh, some friends have mm-hmm. been going through Ecclesiastes. Ooh, nice! That has been a blast. Uh, yeah. Just going going through that with them. We've been meeting on Tuesday evenings, and um, it's been a book that I've read before, mm-hmm. um, but haven't haven't really like deep dive studying, you know. And I've listened I feel to like some not a lot of people and, have, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's good. Um, a brief overview of Ecclesiastes is mm-hmm. uh, you got, uh, excuse me. So King David's son Solomon mm-hmm. um, was was given by God all wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, all earthly wisdom. So he Smart writes. Guy. He, yeah, he writes the Book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. He writes Song of Solomon, and then he writes Ecclesiastes. At least mm-hmm. I believe he writes Ecclesiastes. There's some debate, but I think it's very clear. I think you're right. He he writes that, but um, and in it. It's kind of like his his view of the world, yeah, and how the world works. Wasn't it a if, sermon that he was like giving to the nation of Israel? I don't know about the nation of Israel, but he's or referred like, in the letter to as the preacher. He's like a preacher giving a sermon. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's what um, but we don't we don't know who he's actually speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he's in in his writing that, or uh, I think someone else wrote it, but it's his words. Mm-hmm. Um, he is talking about basically looking at the world from the viewpoint of if you were to just look at how the world works if you if you didn't believe in God mm-hmm. like if you if you kind of took God out of the equation and just look at how the world worked and that's the book of Ecclesiastes now mm-hmm. as you as you read it he brings back in God everyone yeah. because obviously he, he believes in God he has a relationship with the Lord um, but it but it's very interesting and, and John Piper describes kind of the way that we should look at it is, is, is like, you know, the, where we look at the world, 
um, where we don't see the full picture. So Solomon is looking at the world uh, and talking about how it works in the way that we kind of view it, because we don't fully see all that God is doing behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Uh, he is always moving and working, working all things out according to his divine plan and for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, but we don't see that all the time. So when we see death, we just see death a lot of times. When we see suffering, we just see suffering. So the book of Ecclesiastes is a very daunting, mm. even referred to by, by people as dark uh, yeah. book of just looking and call looking at the world and calling it as it is all vanity uh, uh yeah that's a word that he uses it's uh he solomon is referring to to everything basically as vanity uh he looks at yeah you know really all different angles of uh, of the world and things that we experience and you know he says things like like look whether you're rich or poor both die <laughs> So it's vanity. <laughs> being rich is vanity. Being poor is vanity. Like it all, it doesn't matter because ultimately you end up in the same place. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's a, it's a lot of that. But, Man. but in it, I think, I think the biggest thing that I've, that I've gotten out of it as I've been, as I've been studying it is, is it, it, it reminds me of, cause again, Solomon's been given all wisdom. And so, so the things yeah. that he's saying are, are, are very true. Um, but what, what it reminds me of is that, Truly, life mm-hmm. apart from God is vanity. Wow. But what's amazing is is that when when you bring God into the equation, when you realize that he is sovereign and that he is like author and perfecter of our faith, he is creator, he is sustainer, it makes then everything meaningful. Mm. So that's what Solomon misses. It's not that what he's saying is not is not true, but he's looking at it again from that viewpoint of like, hey, let's just look at the world you know, kind of a, apart from Christ, but yeah. we knowing him can bring that into everything. We know going back to what I was saying about being rich or, or poor. Yeah. Ultimately like both, both people are going to end up in the great, like going to end up dead, but yeah. you can glorify God, both being rich and both being poor. Therefore being rich is meaningful. Being poor is meaningful. So God is what makes mm. everything not vanity. Makes everything meaningful. Wow. So when you do live in this world apart from God, yeah, nothing matters. <laughs> Literally, nothing matters. Uh, and we, we've, you and I have talked about that in um, other areas of Scripture that that, that we've gone through. Right? Like, a, we there's this. If you don't know God, if right. you if you do not believe that God exists you can't do anything good. That's going to be a harmful statement to a lot of people. Yeah. The reason you can't do anything good is because we can't do anything good apart from Christ. Romans 3 says that no one is good, not even one. Not even one. Not even one. Everyone has rebelled and turned away from God. Nobody is good. And if you don't believe that God exists and then you you know help an old lady across the street, does it really matter that you did that if you're giving the bird to God? If you're flipping him off saying you don't yeah. exist, it, it like that good deed means nothing if mm-hmm. you are then denying the creator of both you and that old lady in the world and the street that you are walking in. So it it you you can't do anything good if you deny the existence of uh, existence of God. Now, yeah. from a worldly standpoint, you can do sure, you, you can, can do, do like good, good things, things, right? But be but a humanitarian whatever. Yeah, but in the view, I mean, we, you and I believe God is real and he exists. Yeah. So from that viewpoint, uh, if you, d- if you deny his existence, you can't, right. you can't do anything good. Therefore, everything apart from Christ is vanity. Yeah. And it like we can nothing. say, you can say you can toil, you can spin your wheels, serving the homeless, doing good things, rescuing the orphans. Mm-hmm. But if you deny Christ at the end of the day, 
you're going to the same place as everybody else. Yeah. Doesn't matter how yeah, many you good will things be you eternally did. separated from, from Christ. You're saved by you grace. Deny. You're saved by grace through faith, not by works so that nobody could boast. Yeah. If we were saved by works, which we're not, but if we were, then it might matter how many old ladies you help across the street. <laughs> yeah. Like your for example. But yeah. like at the end of the day, like it's all about your positioning with Christ, which I like how you brought exactly. that up. Yeah. Yeah. There's That's only cool. there's only two types of people in this world. Dead people and alive people. Yeah. You're either you're either dead in your sins and trespasses or you're made alive mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. That's it. Yeah. As simple as that. So yeah. So this book has been really cool because it as I as I as my roommate and my friends and I have we've been reading this and going through it again it the chapter after chapter going through it I'm reminded more and more of how how meaningless this world is apart from God and what that does is then it it makes me desire more of God mm. so it is it has brought me more and more to a just an affirmation that he is so much better than what this world can offer have you got uh, to the part yet sorry for interrupting you're you good, you're good have you got to the part yet in Ecclesiastes where it says with n- increase in knowledge mm-hmm. comes increase in vexation? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like the more you grow in knowledge, the more like evil you see in the world. Yeah. And I, cause that's something like I've experienced in my life. It's like the more I've grown we closer do, to Christ, think, yeah. the more I've seen like my own sinfulness, the more I've seen other people's sinfulness, the more I've seen like the enemy influencing the world and I think that's uh, something uh, that I, I, anyway, I don't know why. That just always has stuck out to me from Ecclesiastes when I read that one thing. It's like, because I think I was like kind of getting disappointed that as I was like growing to Christ, I was like seeing more and more sinfulness, right? But I think that's kind of the purpose is like as we grow closer to Christ, you see more of your sinfulness, you see more of the world's sin, and you know that your need for Christ is oh so much more greater, yeah. you know? yeah. And at the same time, <clears throat> though, knowing Christ, that like that increases our our, our joy. Increases so, joy. So I think what what Solomon is is getting at in there is as well is like yes, as we grow closer to the Lord and grow in our knowledge, Lord, we grow in our knowledge of sin mm-hmm. for sure. But I think he's also looking at it from from like a worldly standpoint yeah. of those who even those who don't know Christ, mm-hmm. the more wisdom and knowledge of the world that you gain like the more you realize that everything is meaningless. Yeah. So so he's he's kind of talking about himself there when he's saying like look I have gained all wisdom and look how miserable that like increase I, like in I, vexation. Yeah. He so it's so interesting Solomon ended up having over 600 wives. He so, by all estimations he has been the richest man to ever live on the world. Yeah. So if you take like what he did nobody in his time nobody's ever matched his wealthiness. So here's a man who's been given all wisdom. He's he's very rich and he's been he's had over 600 wives. Um <laughs> you would think that someone who's been given all wisdom by God would know that having multiple wives doesn't bring more happiness, but he still is looking for it. He's still like not fully being satisfied. You and I know just like a lot of people know having more money doesn't bring more happiness, mm. but he continued to seek more so here's a guy that has given all all wisdom so i when yet vexation has increased mm. almost almost sorrow has increased almost yeah. more longing has increased so when he when he's writing that i think i think he's he's writing that from experience of like yeah. look the more you gain in wisdom and knowledge the more that vexation increases wow. cuz yeah. you realize 
like truly how meaningless this world is wow. apart apart from the Lord. Man. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And when you said that, that what stuck out to me from what you just said is that the book of Ecclesiastes was written that we may look at it from like a gospel perspective yep. and see that the things of the world are meanly meaningless but the things of Christ and the things that we do through Christ is of that. That's what gives us the true meaning. Yeah. We can take from Solomon's wisdom, even though it was written maybe from a little bit more of a worldly perspective, lack of God in inside of things. Right. But we apply that. We apply the gospel to that. And what you, you just said, like, that's why I think that book was written and so that we can look at it and learn from that wisdom and apply the, the gospel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That yeah. that same deed of walking that old lady across the street, if you do it for the glory of God, it means everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just by adding Christ, then it, it makes then everything meaningful. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. Yeah. So, so that, so that book's been a lot of fun, yeah. especially to do it with, with friends. That's you know, a cool Bible we, study to do Ecclesiastes as a Bible study. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's been good. And we've, you know, we mess with each other and, uh, yeah. where, uh, um, you know, one of the guys I, I play baseball with and, uh, so, you know, like one of us strikes out or whatever. It's like, it's all vanity anyway, dude. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't know? worry about it. Shake it off. Yeah. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Man. I like that. Also, like it from Ecclesiastes, like eat, drink, and be merry because it's all vanity. You know, isn't that in there too? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he t- yeah, Solomon talks about how it's like, look, like we're we're going to toil. You're gonna in, die in this too. world. So it is. It is actually God's gift to man. Yeah. To then, like, find joy then in the toil. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Like you yeah. can't you can't get away from toiling. Yeah. This is what we've been given the lot that that, that yeah. we have, um, because of you know the sin that has come yeah. into the world. So find joy in it mm. yeah yeah i like that yeah it's like a, it, like it's a good thing to celebrate with friends and family and eat good food and drink good wine and like have a good time right that, that's okay we don't have to be prudent uh stumps on, on a log you know like yeah. sticks on a log whatever so yeah all the time yeah e- even i think uh you know what, what he gets at too is literally in the work mm-hmm. in the toil finding joy yeah so like while while you're you know, while you're teaching at your school and you're going through, you know, the hard days and kids are acting out and yeah. it's, it's really difficult and you have papers to grade and you know, all that stuff, yeah. like it's all vanity. So find, good, so man. find joy in it. I like we, that. we have been given the gift by God then to, because, because of him, Christ mm-hmm. then makes all of those things meaningful so we can find joy then in the toil Yeah. in, in, in all, you know, the person listening out here who is you know, a really hard like construction worker that's out in the heat and mm-hmm. is working with their hands and it is literally a uh, very difficult work and toil. Mm-hmm. That person can find joy in it because Christ makes it makes yeah. it meaningful. So because we have eternal life with him and we have all these promises and because we have relationship with him, we can then find joy in the toil, you know, little mundane things and uh, things in yeah. life as well. It's a it's a gift we've been given by God to man. Yeah. To to find joy within the toil. Yeah. yeah. And, and from a godly perspective, it means it means the world, right? Finding joy in your sufferings, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what when we we read in the New Testament, like Jesus promises that we'll experience trials and persecution. And Paul talks about finding joy in the suffering, right? Yeah. Um, this is not a godly example, but it's a really cool example that when you when you talked about like finding joy in the toil, 
um i listen to uh the jocko podcast quite a bit and he interviews a lot of veterans and they talk about veteran stuff war stories and things like that and he interviewed a, a ex a green beret this week and this dude was like one of the top um special forces uh res- most respected special forces guy from the like afghan and iraqi wars he's been through it all like mm-hmm. killed lots of bad guys been in lots of hairy situations like basically a, a pretty ba kind of guy yeah. and so he they were saying jocko and him were talking about as like a special forces dude you go through this like interrogation school where you get trained on how to interrogate people and how to get information out of them but you yourself like you have to be interrogated to the point where like you crack so they do this role play and it's like other special forces guys interrogating special forces guys and it's kind of like there are rules but there's not rules and so like Jocko is talking about like like first time like hands tied behind a chair kind of thing and first time he got smacked in the face he was like oh like that's how this is gonna be like, he's like I, I was kind of shook for a minute because yeah. like, like that smack was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. but anyways this other dude was talking about how he just got like put into a box for like 24 hours and uh and like with this really close quarters box and he was just like yeah she's just thinking in my mind like hey in my mind right now like i'm cool in type of spaces like i'm good like yeah. i'm good you know i'm just imagining like i'm just on a on a beach right now like like i'm good you know just taking it one moment at a time and so i was just thinking like in the toil it's all about like your perspective you know and like he said the guys that crack and that don't get through it are the guys that are thinking about what's going to come next mm-hmm. or thinking that they can't get through tomorrow but if you just like focus on the moment and take like the little victories or the little luxuries like at a time, then that's how you get through those like intense, intense hardships. Yeah. It's like not thinking about what is the next bad thing that's going to come. Yeah. They're saying like, that's how people fail. Like you just got to take it in the moment and just, it's all about your mindset and the perspective. They're yeah. saying, not saying it didn't suck. Like they're saying like, yeah, it sucks, but it's like, it's your perspective while you're going through the the toil and stuff and i was like oh, that, that's a lesson i took away from that just applied it to like gospels like when you're in your sufferings and your trials like counting it all joy like for the sake of christ like yeah. within that you know yeah that's good <clears throat> well i mean Matt, matthew 6 talks about that mm-hmm. too of in the moment i mean straight up says therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble yeah so we should and right before that it says seek first the kingdom of god and his Mm -hmm. righteousness and then all these things uh will will be added to you so we're yeah we get through the tough times and the trials by yeah seeking first the kingdom of god finding joy in him and not worrying about tomorrow Mm -hmm. tomorrow's got its own troubles so i like that so our perspective focusing on what what's right in front of us not Mm -hmm. not being anxious over what's to come yeah absolutely that's cool i think it's a good place to to wrap up this off the cuff episode so it's been a good just talking about what we've been studying and stuff so hopefully uh you guys enjoyed listening to this and we'll talk to you next time with our next uh man of god episode so love you guys thanks for listening